We are so glad you've joined us today on Our Jewish Roots. Our program today is a little intense. Stay with us because <laughs> there's a lot of content with you guys. We welcome you today. And you, I was going to say, you've aired this before. This has been on, on you have a social media program, yeah. Bearded Bible Brothers. No idea where you got that title from. Yeah, uh -huh. I don't get it. But uh, this is, we're talking about Adam. But something we don't really hear in the church, like first Adam, last Adam, last Adam. Yes. So, so when Yeshua, the great teacher, was flying off, right, and he leaned down, and he said the last thing, he said, go out, cast out devils, heal people in my name, tell them what I did. Yeah. He made us the hall monitors on earth That's by right. giving us his authority. Mm -hmm. It's our authority to go out there and to make these things happen, and he expects us to exercise that. That's right. So what you're about to see is the teaching we did on the last Adam. Who are you in Messiah, and how do you gain his authority? You're not going to want to miss this. Yes! Hey everybody, I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. We're brothers. And today we would like to talk to you about The Last Adam. Wait a minute. Last Adam? That sounds like a wicked cool movie. In a world where the first Adam failed, the last Adam prevailed. That would be completely awesome. Yes. But it's also scriptural in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 15.45, so it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. But if we were, if we were here first and God made it for us, uh, I, I know that Adam and Eve sinned, but how did that translate to us not, you know, it, it being our fault? Well, it's because with Adam and Eve, they were told not to eat of the fruit of the garden. Right. Eve was deceived and ate the fruit. Adam knew what it was. He did it willingly. Sin came through the male genetic side. You know sin comes through the male seed, not through a woman's egg. Obviously, when Mary had Jesus, sin did not pass on to Yeshua. It came through the male side. And if Eve had just sinned, Adam could have been the kinsman redeemer and saved Eve and brought her back to the Father. You're using big words again. I'm sorry, guys. He takes the SAT practice test like every weekend. What on earth is a kinsman redeemer? Is that like something from an Emily Bronte book? It's like you're reading the story of Ruth and Boaz. A kinsman redeemer would save someone of their blood relative from harm, a distant relative. They would claim a piece of property uh, that they were next in line for. Well, we were related to Messiah. He became our kinsman redeemer for us. We are his children. And he sacrificed himself. He died. He came as the last Adam, but when he was resurrected, he became the second man, a new man that we can associate with, but still in human form. He kept the holes in his hands and in his feet and the hole in his side so he could rule on earth someday as an Adam. It's amazing. Now he identified with us, and we know this. If you know the story of Yeshua, you know what he did for us. Mm -hmm. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body, on the tree that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. This is all physical terminology. Mm. These are physical things that Jesus went through. That's amazing. We face so many things in life mm. that we feel the God in the sky is ambivalent towards. He's out there ruling the big things, but he doesn't understand how we feel. Yet the Bible goes on and on and on and tells about how Yeshua faced every single situation Every right. single temptation, every pain, every joy that you've been through. Mm. The idea 
that Yeshua does not identify with what you're feeling or going through as a lie from the enemy. That's right. That he wants you to believe because right here it says he did. That's right. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we have that hope for the future that we're going to be like the second man one day. We're going to receive that glorified body that Yeshua received when he was resurrected. And when we do, death, hell, and the grave completely destroyed. He's already redeemed us from that fear of death. But the final victory comes with the rapture, with that dominion taken over the earth when Yeshua rules and reigns for a thousand years. Keep in mind that original sin, that deception that hit Eve that she gave into, and that willing choice that Adam made, that happened because their focus was in the wrong place. They allowed it to get shifted. Don't let the enemy rob you by shifting your focus onto yourself, mm -hmm. onto self-pity, onto your situation, and make you think you're alone and Yeshua had no idea or doesn't care or it's something you just have to overcome. He identifies with you. He knows where you've been and where you're going. And He has made a way for you to not only succeed, but to overcome. So thanks for joining us. You have a hope for a future. Stick with us and watch us next time. And that cool movie, The Last Adam. I wonder what they eat that time, like a watermelon. They're like, oh, this is naughty. I need seedless. It's not of God. Things have seeds. I don't know, science. I lost you there, Josh. Probably. Once we understand Yeshua's role as the last Adam, we can step into our inherited roles as being his representatives on earth and taking back dominion from Satan. And we have to hold that dominion until Messiah returns. This next teaching is called Bondage versus Dominion, and it tells you what you need to do to be Yeshua's representative on earth. Josh, what are you doing? Spinning fidget is what we do. Let me, let me do that. I'm Fidgy. There we go. I'm Caleb. I'm Joshua. How are you today? Hmm? You wearing these? Sure hope not. Let me propose to you that in the spirit world, you are either in bondage or you're holding dominion. God, how do you always get the key? Ugh. See, that seems to be that the way things work, the way that God created things. Now, He intended for us, for man, to have dominion. He gave it to us. In Genesis 1, He made the earth, all the animals, everything, all creation, and we had dominion over it. We took care of it. Psalms 8, 4 through 6, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him? You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Oh, that actually is a nice metaphor. <laughs> Good job. Well, Adam had dominion, but he surrendered it to Satan. He took it, uh, Satan took it, and he became the god of this world when he had that dominion. And that's a scary thing. And how do we know that Satan took that dominion? Let's look in the Bible when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness, and he was fasting, and he was praying, and Satan said, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Satan wanted Jesus to bow down and worship him, and he would give him all that dominion of the earth back. But Yeshua didn't do that, did he? Yeshua died to take dominion and then to give it to us. I love that. You face an obstacle or a problem in life, and you're always trying to face it head on, but uh, Yeshua didn't do that. He didn't play by the devil's rules. Oh, that's yeah. what the devil tries to get you caught mm. up in, in, in bondage. When you're in bondage, you, he, he gets you to try to play through these rules. Just keep pulling on those handcuffs. But Yeshua said no. He said, here's how I'm going to fix it. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to pay the price. That's right. Adam, my son, he did this. Okay, well, let me fix it then. 
I will pay the penalty for him and I will take dominion back and I'm going to give it to him. That's right. And so then when Yeshua, he went up to heaven to prepare a place for us, he says, now you have my power, you have my authority, you have my dominion in my name. He literally gave us power of attorney on earth to be those people who can take dominion in his name. But if we don't believe that, if we don't exert his authority and dominion on this earth, Satan will just run rampant over our lives. It's up to us to halt Satan in his tracks. So if we see that there's something wrong going on in our earth, in the family, in uh, our lives, in our finances, and we're, God, help us, please, why don't you save us? He's saying, I already gave you everything that you need. I gave you dominion. Just exert your authority. Remember, don't give the key away, even if he's your brother. It's <laughs> just a terrible idea. Use the authority you have. That's right. Stop begging for something that you already have. We love you guys. We want you to succeed. So does the Father. Mm -hmm. And that's why he paid the price for you. That's right. And the Bible says in James, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Isn't that like God? To obtain dominion, you must submit to him. To be the greatest, you must first be the least. To be the master, you must be the servant. And to live, you must die. I'm totally hacking your Amazon so you can't order stuff anymore. <laughs> Can you break it? I don't know if I can break it. It's breaking me. I'm I old. thought he was strong. Oh, look at these we'll muscles play that here. Game. I can't break it. The Colonials <laughs> were so much smarter than me. The forged kind of stuff. As a parent, I try to be fair to my kids. I don't want to put anything unnecessary on them. But here's my little beef. Yeah. So Adam is the one that sinned. Yeah. How many thousands of generations have gone by since Adam? And that's still on us. Like we still have to carry his weight of sin. We're Seems still held accountable. Unfair. Because this is all about the laws and nature that God put into existence on the earth. He gave Adam dominion over everything, so Adam was basically the king overall, all authority over heaven and earth. So when Adam messed up, it traveled through the bloodline. We have that polluted blood, and we're born with a sinful nature. So now it's up to us, with that knowledge to step into the freedom and deliverance from those curses that God doesn't want us to be bound to. So that responsibility means we can't just stay lukewarm. We have to walk in God's authority in this life mm -hmm. because we're held responsible whether we do it or not. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. You can plead ignorant all day long, but you're still gonna be taken advantage of by the enemy and you're still held responsible by God because he's given you that authority and he's paid that price for you to stand in that knowledge and to be effective. Yeah, we're, we're all born guilty with that sin nature. And it's, yes, yeah, something that Adam That's always, did. I'm, it's hard. I am jumping in, that is so hard. It is. The, the born with sin nature is hard because uh, you've held your babies. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at your two-week-old baby and go, that sin nature baby of mine. It's, <laughs> but I'm saying it's, it's a hard thing to wrap our minds but, around. But thank you, Yeshua. He made a way by coming outside of that sin nature to deliver us from that sin nature and to give us power and authority. And one way that he equips us with more power and authority is through fasting. Topic most people don't want to hear about, but we're going to go into that right now. Hey, everybody. I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. And we're brothers. We are. Brother, let me ask you something. Yes, sir. Why is there a head of cabbage next to Fiji? I am at the tail end of my detox. You know, I've been cleansing my body out, been eating this, drinking this gunk, and, and taking these supplements. Brother? Yes. How long have you been doing all this wonderful, healthy stuff? A whole month. A whole Agonizing. month. A whole Goodness month. Yes. gracious. That's super good. Thank you. I've been doing it for 21 years. Very close to a month. But keep going. 
you'll get there. You had to steal my thunder. I didn't steal your thunder. You gave it away. <laughs> you know why he's doing this, guys? Why? Why? Why is this? You're doing this because you're fasting from bad stuff to get a good result. That's true. I feel that fasting is one of the most uh, untalked about things in the Bible. People don't want to hear about it, so we're going to take it on today. There's you a reason nobody fasting. wants to hear about it. None of you want to <laughs> fast. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I hate fasting myself. Yeshua, in, in the book of Matthew, he says, when you fast, do this. He didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. So it's kind of like you don't, you're not given an option, you need to fast. When, when is just not my favorite word anymore. <laughs> I like the word if so much better. Guys, fasting isn't just about removing a food from your diet. Mm -hmm. Actually, the principle of fasting is to abstain from anything that could have control over you other than the Father or could be in the way of you getting to where you need to be. That's right. In Isaiah 58, 3 through 7, we hear some benefits of fasting. Why are we doing this? It explains that you don't fast, obviously, to seek your own pleasure, but to humble yourself, to break free free from bondages, addictions, yokes in your life, uh, to turn around and bless others, to change your heart basically. And it's also to seek the Lord to get the answers you need to, to break free and get that spiritual authority uh, from the enemy. And we see many times in the Bible people fasted. Daniel fasted for three weeks. Moses fasted for 40 days? Yeah, on top of a mountain before he got the Ten Commandments. Jesus, Yeshua, yeah. he fasted. Come on, guys. In the wilderness. There's no better right. example he if he did in the it. Wilderness. Uh, very interesting, though, in Matthew 17, 14 through 21, the disciples tried to cast a demon out of the boy. They couldn't do it. Yeshua, Yeshua succeeded, and he said to them, this kind of spirit only goes out by prayer and fasting. Sometimes it's hmm. important to deny ourselves those things that the flesh wants. Yes. I started traveling internationally when I was 17 years old, and on many of my first several trips, I felt the Father moving me to fast different things. Mm -hmm. And I do remember one time that I fasted not only 40 days on a Daniel fast, mm -hmm. which is very hard for me to do them big. I like to eat. But I also fasted movies. I fasted uh, uh, music that was That's secular. Right. I fasted media. Anything that was going to be a distraction between me and seeking God's face for that trip, I cut out of my life. And I saw a significant improvement in my focus and my intimacy in that time. That's true. It doesn't have to be about food. Anything that separates you from the Father, you take it away so you can hear more clearly from the Father. I know in America today, we've kind of lost our dependency on God. We think we're self-sufficient. We have a uh, good pay, a house, family. We can worship freely. We're not worried about invaders coming in and, and blowing us up. Uh, but in other countries where Christians are persecuted, they have to seek the Lord. You find them fasting, people who don't even have food in those countries, and they see moves of God. They, say, they see great revivals. Uh, in places like Iran, China, uh, underground churches, and places in Africa, we're not seeing it here. Well, you see, guys, the fasting has both spiritual and physical benefits. In the physical world, you probably heard of it today, things like intermittent fasting. We found that by fasting for certain periods of time, it actually helps the body recoup, recover, breaks yes. dependencies. If y'all guys have a problem with sugar, for instance, which is a crazy addiction for the body, breaking or fasting from that mm -hmm. from a period of time sets you free from that addiction. Right. Same thing spiritually, guys. When That's we right. set ourselves free from the things that have held us in bondage, whether it's as simple as our phone, 24 hours a day that we're constantly updating ourselves on our social yeah. media, Media. These aren't bad things. We're talking about what are you dependent on? Be dependent on the Father alone in your life. That's what's going to set you free. That's right. And like Yeshua said, don't fast uh, to try to gain righteousness or brownie points of God. Don't fast and to try to get attention like the Pharisees. Fast in secret. It's between you and God. No one else has to know about it. And 
obviously don't do anything harmful to your bodies. In fact, I may be fasting right now. I'll never tell. So don't blame us if you try to do a 48-day fast without food and you end up in the emergency room. I did not advocate that. We did not. You can prove nothing. Thanks for joining us. I love you guys. Fasting is not something that we really like to hear about because it's something that we really need to do. We're trying to fast from sugar right now. Good on you. I need a cookie, but I'm not going to have one. <laughs> We're also trying to fast from, you know, TV and movies and things like that. We've done that. We're, I, believe it or not, we don't even have a TV. We're on a television program. We don't have a TV wow. in our home. Yeah. Right. We're on it, but, but we watch we it on, watch our, it. on cool. our tablets. Right. But, but you talk about fasting. There are many different kinds of yeah. fasting. Mm. We fast from the news because we don't want that yeah. negative. And, right, and yes. any time when you're taking a fast from something and you jump back into it, Anytime, like if we're in a hotel and we turn on the news, it's so much negative and so much noise right. that mm. I, I don't want it anymore. Brings us down. Yeah. 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 Because really fasting in general is about removing the focus of myself. The idolatry of me gets placed aside so that I can put my focus on the Father. Yeah. And whether it is food, sugar, TV, this, that, anything that holds my heart shouldn't. And so I have to let go of that so the Father can hold my heart and guide my direction. That's right. You know, previously you asked me about the, the curse of Adam. Why are we doomed to that? Well, Scripture also talks about generational curses and iniquities. They're not fun. And we're going to talk about that in this next teaching. But there is hope and deliverance through Yeshua to break the power of the curse. I hope you enjoy this. Ha-ha! <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Joshua. I'm Caleb. We're brothers. True. Can you tell? You ever notice, Josh, that sometimes we do things like Dad did, you know, maybe holding our fork the same way our dad does, or, you know, you, your laugh kind of sounds like Dad. Nope. In fact, that's not a thing. Well, what about your shirt here? What about my amazing shirt here? I love this shirt. It looks like something Dad wore in the 70s. Oh, dang it. <laughs> he did? That's not pr <laughs> Let me read to you a almost unrelated scripture, but it actually has something to do with what we're talking about in Exodus 24. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. We've all heard that. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But we leave out this part afterwards. Punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. This has been referred to as a generational curse. It's repeated several times in the Bible. That's not a real thing, is it? You don't is think generational real? curses are real? You can look at families today. Mm -hmm. You look at uh, children carrying on the same mistakes as their parents, uh, certain addictions, uh, sins. Uh, it, it's more than just physical features. And we can see that now in science. A study of the human genome and of DNA has proven now that we not only pass on our physical features to our children, but our best and our worst traits as well. So emotional and psychological things are transferred genetically, not just physical traits? It's scary but true. Um, study, right now I'm going to read to you, um, pioneering studies in epigenetics, which is the information that sits above the genome, uh, shows that our life experiences, our choices are written into our DNA. Things like traumatic events that scar us, uh, PTSD, fears, bondages, or vices that grip us, even memories have been proven to pass on to the next generation. 
I'm gonna think so many good things for my kids. You hear that, kids? Oh, ooh, wait, I already had them. So they did a study, okay, with yeah. mice. You know how you put a, a mouse in a cage and he goes around the maze and tries to find the cheese at the end or whatever food it is? Well, there was also the wrong way in the maze where there was an electroshock. The mouse went through, he got zapped, uh, until he found the right way to get to the food. Well, then that mouse had children. The next generation of that child of mouse, his progeny went through the maze and somehow, this is his first time in the maze, he knew the right way to go. He avoided the electroshocks and went straight to the food. So if these things affect us to the, to yeah. the third and fourth generations, how do we, in those generations, fix the problem? How do we break these curses and generational things that somebody before us did? Obviously, it's only through the power of Yeshua. He understood this, because it's not just the genetic, physical curses or the iniquities that we're fighting. It's spiritual as well, because when we commit sin, we're placing ourselves in bondage to certain spirits and principalities. Well. The Lord knew this. It was called iniquity, a bending or leaning or inclination to do something. Uh, he understood that when the story of Achan, you remember oh, that? Oh, I do remember the story of Achan. Mm -hmm. Guys, my namesake Joshua was called That's to right. go in. They defeated Jericho and he was supposed to take everything, all the spoils of it and give it as first fruits to God. But Achan mm -hmm. snuck in, stole some CD players. Wait, I dated myself. That's <laughs> the 90s. He stole some stuff, hid under his tent. Yeah. And then God commanded that Achan and his entire family be put to death. Ooh. Is that because yeah, that would have been a curse that traveled down? It could have infected the entire, not just his entire family, but could have infected mm. the congregation of Israel. I mean, why do you think God commanded Joshua, go into Canaan and kill every man, woman, and child and take the land? That's pretty extreme, but they had sinned. They were worshiping idols and other gods. God didn't want the people to follow after them because that could genetically pass on through them and it would destroy entire generations. So we don't need to do that today, right? What's the difference today? Difference today is we have Yeshua. Yes. We have Yeshua and His sacrifice, uh, it gives us new blood. We can receive His blood transfusion in our lives, His genetics, and that sets us free from the bondages, from the snares that our forefathers committed. We may not even know what sins and things our fathers committed, but through that same act of faith, that confession, that receiving of salvation. We can renounce the sins of our forefathers. We can receive that forgiveness on behalf of the sins our parents committed and make sure that our children do not follow in the same mistakes we committed. Guys, we say this about a lot of things on this show. Mm -hmm. We say that you can't just sit and let things go by, that you have to take mm -hmm. action, mm -hmm. that you have authority through the Word of God mm -hmm. and through the name of Yeshua, and that when you exercise that authority, it breaks things like generational curses, it breaks strongholds, it brings mm -hmm. freedom to the captive. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to pray for you guys at home a prayer of faith. Mm -hmm. And I want you to agree with me as we pray right now that if there are any generational curses, any strongholds, anything binding you or holding your lives in bondage, that is going to be broken mm -hmm. right now. So dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now. We come together mm -hmm. as you've told us to do. When two or more agree on touching anything on this earth, it'll be done by their Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I agree with everyone at home right now that's listening that if there be any generational curses, any mm -hmm. strongholds, any iniquities in the bloodline, mm -hmm. anything coming against the men and women of God right now within the sound of my voice that have held them in bondage or their mm. family or their children or their children's children in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We take authority over that right yeah. now. In the name of Yeshua, we break those strongholds, those curses that have held them in bondage. We take authority together saying it cannot be done any That's longer. Right. It cannot cross the bloodline. Mm -hmm. We plead the blood of Yeshua from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, setting them free from this bondage. From this day forward, it shall no longer affect them or their children 
children or there's children's children. We thank you for that freedom. We thank you for the price you paid for it. And we thank you, Lord God, that they can walk with their heads held high, not being affected or plagued by anything that's been done before them in their bloodline. So now receive the blessing. Receive the blessing of the Lord to the thousandth generation. Blessings are stronger than curses. Fill your life with good things. Rewrite your genetic code by filling every area of your life, things that you used to withhold from Messiah. Give it all to Him and you will pass on amazing blessing and prosperity to your children. Because it's not just the curses that go to third and fourth, it's the blessings as well. Join us next time. It's kind of hard sometimes to understand the generational curse. I don't know, uh, some of you have heard my story, I don't know if you've heard my story before, but I was adopted into a wonderful family. They're my parents, but I also have genetic DNA Mm. of a birth father and a birth mother. Mm. And ever since finding out that I was adopted, I've always not battled, but questioned whose generational curses am I under? My adopted family or my bloodline? Yeah. What inclination (laughs) is making me do the things that I'm doing? Exactly. Right. Nature nurture. And that's hard for a lot of people, guys, because and you see children carry on the same mistakes as their parents and sometimes we don't really need to know you don't need to know who your family was you need to know who your father is now and you can receive that adoption of sons and daughters into the kingdom to break that curse it's bad it exists the scripture says it does but the scripture gives us a way of freedom from that uh interesting story back when i was in high school you know, it was a very kind of rigid, you know, uh, it was Christian high school, but denominational one. I'm not going to name them. They, they love Yeshua. They can get people saved, but they didn't know how to disciple them afterwards. And I was in Bible class, and I was supposed to give a sermon, my very first sermon. And, and I stepped up there like a commanding general, and this is how I started, crickets chirping. You chosen of God, you conquerors, you warriors, you overcomers, you blessed, you beloved, these are the names that Messiah calls you by. And people are like, what does that mean? He thinks so much more highly of us because he knows the blood, the true blood, the true DNA that is inside us, and that's the blood of Yeshua. So, and I'm sorry, so mm-hmm. the Old Testament, you were responsible, the, the bloodline went yeah. through the curses, but now from Yeshua, he has cleansed our blood he and given us, us new free. blood. The law of sin and death is still in effect, but we have a way out of it. But you have to walk in it. And that's a key. You can't walk around as though you've been beaten down by the enemy. Woe is me. Why do I always give into these things? You have to choose the path of the overcomer. Look at Yeshua with his disciples and anything else. He said, go, your faith has made you whole. It's your responsibility to walk in what he paid for. And guys, uh, this book of Zola's, the Bible Jesus read, he talks about the hidden plot of Yeshua through the Old Testament and what he did to give you that freedom. We're giving it to you when you give us an offering. We talked about this before the camera started rolling. I asked these guys how many programs that you have. You mentioned maybe 200 and for the next five years. We want to continue to bring stories just like today's powerful story. We can't do it without your support. We need your generous donations. Please pray about how you can help us to continue this wonderful work. Mm -hmm. Guys, it's time to go. Thank you for a great day. Yes, sir. What does he say? Sha'alu shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Our offer on this program, The Bible Jesus Read, is an entertaining and thorough tour of the Old Testament. 
a readable study that is relevant to all who want to understand the beginning of God's plan and the roots of the church on earth. The theology is understandable and treated with thoroughness. Join us right now on our social media sites for exclusive content. Visit our website, levitt.com, for tour information, broadcast schedule, free monthly newsletter, and online store. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.